You're listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. This morning I want to challenge you that it could be that the Christian life you've grown up with, your relationship with God that you've grown familiar with, may not be good enough for where God wants to take you. Someone has said the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. And if you're frustrated in your walk with God, and if you're struggling with the same old stuff, it might be God wants to shake things up and you need to go to a different part of the gym with God and begin to work out with Him in a new way. At The Road, our vision is to raise up wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information on The Road, visit theroad.org. We hope you are encouraged by today's message from Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. Well, we are in the book of Philippians. If you're a guest with us today, we welcome you to the road. We are in the book of Philippians. This is the eighth message, and we're talking about joy. The joy that comes through intimacy with Christ, quite frankly. That's the rubric over it all. But also, we're looking at these leverage points. We're looking at leverage points, and that's what this model up here is for. This idea that as we grow closer, more intimate in our relationship with Christ, His joy begins to flow through us. And with that joy, we can face problems. We can, we can face issues in our life. And, and I'm using these blocks as kind of like burdens. Burdens that weigh us down. That when we increasingly walk in joy and we press Christ, instead of running from our problems, we face our issues, then it's actually easier to lift those things in our life because the joy of the Lord becomes our fulcrum for living in Christ. And so we're in Philippians chapter 2. Last week we talked about um, the joy of living a selfless life. And I even shared with you kind of from the perspective of a of a uh, contrast to what I would call the, the selfie-ish life. The selfie-ish life. The average of 16 to 25-year-old will take 25,793 selfies in their lifetime. So we're living in a pretty selfie-driven, selfish kind of driven American culture. And God wants us to find joy through selfless living. And I shared last week that that the statistics, even in psychological and mental health, shows that the more we give ourselves out to others, actually the healthier you are. It lowers blood pressure. It actually uh, causes less heart attacks. You actually become healthier mentally and emotionally and even spiritually because of that. And we're talking about Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ flowing through us. But they're even showing that from a secular viewpoint that this is so healthy for. So how do we do that? How do you become a selfless person without it being just outward religious pressure and this pressure of duty? Well, I think that's where he goes next. That's where Paul goes next. Look at verse 12 and you see the word therefore. Whenever you see therefore, you should circle it because it's there for the next points that he's going to make. And so here's what he says in verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out. Circle that. Underline that. Highlight that. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
For it is God who, here's it, here it is again, works in you, works in you. That word works, the second works, is energeo. The energy of the Lord works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Joy leverage number eight. Here's joy leverage number eight. Get in spiritual shape by working out. You've got to work out. So a year and a half ago, I lingered at the mirror with my shirt off. And it was stunning what I saw. So I started working out. I started working out and, and uh, Ryan and I, Pastor Ryan and I had a competition about who could drop the most, it wasn't weight entirely, but it was also um, a fat, that fat index thing. So I went to Villa and with fear and trembling, oh, that's in my passage, with fear and trembling, I met with a trainer and she took me through my fat index and so that was also stunning I started working out and we don't think of physical workout the same way we think of a spiritual workout and yet he's saying he wants us to work out not working for our salvation not working at our salvation not trying to get more salvation but working from don't miss this Working from our salvation. Because we're saved, work it out. Because we have Christ living in us, work it out. Because we are saved through grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone, through the resurrection alone, by the word of God alone. So you're saved because of your faith. But so many believers never become wholehearted. So many believers never learn to love God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so what happens in their lives is they look no different than the rest of the world. Their body, soul, and spirit looks no different than most people in the world because they never progress past getting saved. And Paul is concerned about that with the Philippians. And he's saying, beloved, work it out. You've got to work out. You need to have a spiritual workout in your life to grow and to find this joy that we're looking for. It's a progression in our faith. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works that no man should boast. But then verse 10 says... For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So grace saves us. Our faith in Christ saves us. But it's, it's for the purpose of the poem of God. That's actually what workmanship means. The poema of God. He's working his poem within us. Letting him work that out. How many of you feel like you've reached your full potential? You have reached your full potential. It's a progression, men and women, young people, of you discovering this poem, this beauty, this gifting, this talent through intimacy with Christ that's within you. 
And it's, and it's a progression and it's hard work. It's hard work. I did new exercises this week. When you go to Villa, there's all these different machines on one side. and There's, a, there's kind of free weights on the other side. And I've tended toward the free weights. But this week, because I only had, tw- I had 25 minutes. I had this one window and then I had to get one of my sons to school. And it was on my day off. And so I had gone to, to uh, do an adjustment with a chiropractor. I came back. I went right through. I knew I had 30 minutes. That was it to get uh, Isaac to sco- uh, Josh to school. Isaac, Josh, <laughs> Charity, Deborah. <laughs> That's what happens when you have seven kids, folks. If you have two kids and you're messing up, you got problems. <laughs> if I have seven kids, I'm normal. I just want you to know that. So... That's because they're on my heart in prayer. But I go into this one different part of the weight room. Now, this is important. You think, well, what's he talking about? This is really important. I went into this different area with these different kinds of weights, and I only had 30 minutes, so I kind of worked within a, a frame of maybe 20 feet of all these ones that I'd never used before, but they were still kind of the areas I wanted to work on. So I did that, and guess what happened Two days later, I'm sore. It hurts. I'm sore right now. You're never sore the next day. You're sore two days later. This morning, I want to challenge you that it could be that the Christian life you've grown up with, your relationship with God that you've grown familiar with, may not be good enough for where God wants to take you. Someone has said the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. And if you're frustrated in your walk with God, if you're struggling with the same old stuff, it might be God wants to shake things up and you need to go to a different part of the gym with God and begin to work out with Him in a new way. And that's our challenge today, is it not? That God wants us working out spiritually in our lives. I can do all things. I can do all things. That's Philippians 4.13. Philippians 2.12 we just read is working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I can do all things. There is effort. Paul is saying, I have to do this. I have got to commit myself to something where Christ can work in me through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, men and women, is within you, but God is calling you to work it out, to set your heart toward the work of the Spirit. What does it say? So that He can will and do for His good pleasure. And it takes effort. And it's a battle. And it's hard. It's hard to progress. My effort with God's energy, character is built that way. Character is forged in that effort of I can do all things, but it's through Christ who strengthens me. It's the Spirit-filled life. Working out our salvation with fear and trembling. That he might work his will and his works through us. Here in the front of my 
podium that I look at, you can't see it, but where I put my Bible and notes and everything right here is Galatians 2.20. My life first. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who was delivered up for me. So it is a crucifixion. It's hard, but it's a crucifixion of our heart and our mind to Christ Jesus on a daily basis. Joy is found in that. Surrendering of our will to him. When we get saved, we don't change overnight, do we? I mean, we, we still have the same, we have the same habits. We have the same addictions. We have the same struggles. I love the testimonies where God met someone and they were set free from porn. Or they were set free from whatever that addiction was. Those are wonderful. And I just rejoice in that. But 99% of the time, it doesn't work that way. It works wherein we give our faith to Christ. We give our heart to Christ. We surrender to Christ. But then the next day we wake up and the same temptations are there. Or maybe, maybe it lasts two weeks. But then the, the temptations come back. The habits come back. This is what Paul's talking about. You've got to work out. You've got to decide you're going to work out. And you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're going to be transformed by the renewing of your heart. That's what OU's about. That's why we started Outlier University. Was because, because there's no way that we're going to grow from the church side of the equation just on Sunday morning. We need other options to grow. We need other information flowing. Information leads to formation, which leads to transformation. So through information, I mean, if we don't know how to eat right, you can't have formation. You can't become healthier if you don't know. So information really is vital. But not just information alone. Information here has to be turned into formation here. That passionate desire to change. I feel like that's the main responsibility of what we do on Sunday morning. Is that the presence and the power of God would be here. That you would come out of these out of this sanctuary with a greater passion and a greater desire to be formed in Christ and to want to change. Then it's up to you for the next six days of the week to do that. To start forming new habits and developing new habits in our life. And then that leads to revival and transformation. You young people, you're fired up right now. But that fire has to now be translated into spending time with the Lord, spending time in his word in the days ahead. And that's what you were taught through Bobby and Ryan about being a wholehearted disciple and loving him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what they were taught at the, at the retreat was loving God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So here's what happens in our passage. Paul now tells us how to set goals. He, cho- he shows us what to do to work this out. He doesn't leave us hanging, but he shows us practically how to work out spiritually. Look at verse 14 and 15. Do all things. Oh, no, no. He said, do some things. Oh, wait, I didn't read that. Do a few things. 
do the things you really like to do without complaining and disputing. I don't know why he put that in there. Nobody in the church does that. Nobody on athletic team does that. Nobody in your company does that. Nobody in a marriage does that. Nobody at your high school ever complains or disputes. Do all things, all things, without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Here's goal number one. Here's the first thing of how we work out our salvation, our sanctification with fear and trembling. Number one, work on your character first. Work on you first. Quit looking at everybody else and quit judging everybody else and look at you. As soon as you become perfect, you can judge. Quit judging others. Work on you character first. And it starts with our mouth. It's what comes out of our mouth that constantly gets us in trouble. Complaining, disputing, talking about others behind their back. Have you read the Psalms? I mean, David is gutterly honest. He is on the one hand just full of sublime worship to Jehovah God. And then the next line, he's like, kill them all. (laughs) Just kill them all. Either David had a heart after God or he was bipolar. Here's what we can learn. Here's what we can learn. Instead of talking to people about people, why don't we talk to God about people? Why don't we take our inner frustrations to God instead of telling our neighbor about it? Why don't we learn to take our prayers, even when it's full of anger and frustration, to God rather than sitting around the dinner table and talking about people? Character first. And I think it's the lead off because I think it's the hardest one to do. It is so hard to do to quit focusing on others and focus on yourself. So I don't know if you've noticed when you go through our parking lot that there is a light that flickers on and off. Anybody notice that? Okay, all of Steve Clark and his team all know about it. We're going to fix it. But it's that corner right here where the handicap parking is. That light is always on and off and on and off. And I couldn't help but think about that light when I read this verse. Because he says this. Becoming blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. So we're supposed to be a light on a hill. A light in our city, a light at our job, a light in our family, a light in our high school, a light wherever we go. But, but you can't be a light if you're not connected to the power. And so there's evidently a short over there on that lamp. 
flickers. And some of us have a short. And because of the short, sometimes we're a light and sometimes we're not. And we're flickering on and off. And God wants a beam. God wants a beam shining through us. He wants people of the road to be a beam in our city. To be a beam at our school. To be a beam at our work. We have to be connected to the power. If there's a short because you're complaining all the time or you're disputing or you're backstabbing or you're talking about people, you're going to be a flicker, kind of on and off. Now, let me say the caveat to this is all of us are a flicker and all of us are on and off sometimes. But wouldn't you want to be less off and more on next year than you are this year? That's what he's talking about. Work out. Work on your tongue. Work on how you talk about people. Turn things that frustrate you into prayer about them to God so that God can change their heart. But in the process of you praying for them, guess who he's changing the most? You. I've been in this city for 23 plus years. And let me just tell you, I have a number of enemies There are people that do not like Steve Holt. They don't like me. And I don't like them. (laughs) I don't. I mean, I don't like them. I don't want to hang out with them. You know, it's okay not to like everybody. But I pray for them all the time on my prayer walks. I do. By name. I pray. This morning, driving in, because I'm thinking about this message, I prayed for them, each one, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength, and they would repent. (laughs) Actually, I did, because they need to, but. um, But that's between them and the Lord. That's not my issue. And I'm not going to let the conversations of my heart be polluted by overly thinking about how other people live their lives. Even yours. Because I just can't handle it. But I can handle my relationship with God and stay pure with Him. And when those struggles come my way, and they do, I've got to turn it into prayer. So the conversations in my heart are God-word instead of people-word. So then he says in verse 16, Holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. So second, here's goal number two. Hold tightly, hold fast the word of God, the scriptures, the Bible. Hold it tight. Eat it. Live it. Drink it. First Thessalonians, I love 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Jot this down. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Wow, this is a great verse. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, listen to this, which also effectively works in you who believe. See, this is how, the, this is how God's divine energy works, is through the word. It is through the word, young people, mainly through the word, that God's spiritual power and energy of the Holy Spirit flows. The word of God is the main vessel, the main channel, 
that God pours his energy into you guys as you spend time in God's word. So God's word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce soul and spirit. It pierces in there like a sword with both conviction and compassion. I believe that's that two-edged sword. Both with compassion of the love of God, but also the conviction of the holiness of God. Found in God's word. Spending time in God's word. Meditating in his word. I love what is said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel wants to quit church. He's, he's had it. He's fed up with the people of Israel. And the Lord said to him, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me this scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. So each day, almost each day, not every day, I miss days just like any of us do, but as much as possible, I have physical breakfast, but before that I have spiritual breakfast. And if you don't start having spiritual breakfast, you will not get in shape. So I put a little chair up here, and this is, this is what I do. So I'm going I'm to show you what I do in spending time in God's Word almost every morning and I like to wear a hoodie so I'm not going to wear a hoodie right now but I like to wear a hoodie because it's always cold in our house because I keep the temperature at 65 degrees but um, sometimes I have a fire but these are the ingredients of a spiritual breakfast this is the ingredients of holding tightly the word of God so I like to just take my hoodie and I put it over my head and somehow it just kind of focuses my mind but before I do that I grind my coffee. Major Dickinson's blend. Pete's. So this is the first thing that's really important. This is vital for time with the Lord. And then this. So on YouTube, you can get all the great worship leaders of our time right now. It's very, very easy. You can just open up your phone and it's right there and you can put in your favorite worship group. And so I switch around, but I have a a few of them that I I go to and then I put the earphones on, much to the chagrin of my wife if I'm near the room. But I sometimes go into my study and just hear, put these in and worship the Lord. Start with worship. Start with worship. Actually, I'm going to say a caveat to that. Start with silence. Though come, be quiet before the Lord. Get ready with your phone or your laptop or whatever it is you like to use. But then put these on and get into the zone of the presence of God. Before you do anything else, don't look at your schedule. Don't look at your calendar. Don't look at what the weather's going to be. Don't look at what you're going to do that day. But this is the first thing. He says, hold tightly the word of God. And then you got your word. This is my study Bible. Love this study Bible because I can see it. And, um, and it's got a big margin. And I think if, if you're not used to doing this, just start with one chapter a day. Uh, I started in the New Testament in January 
So I'm in Luke. So I've gone through Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And my pen is ready at all times for God to speak to me. And when God's speaking something to you, write it down. Put the date. Put what God is saying to you right there in the Word. That's metabolizing. That's metabolizing God's energy into your spiritual bloodstream. And so God's there and he meets us there. And, that's, and we hold tightly God's word and we spend time with him. And, it's, and it become, it'll become your most special time of your life. The most special time of your day each day. So first, he says, work out by working on us first. Work on our character first, our heart first. Work on our mouth. Second, hold tightly the word of God. And then thirdly, verses 17 and 18 Yes, and I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me. I think thirdly, find joy in service. Find joy in sacrifice. Find joy in loving others. If you're not serving in some way, shape, or form, serving other people, you're missing out. There's so much joy in that. There's something that's, that's so powerful about, about not thinking totally about your own life, but beginning to give it away to others. You've been listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. We hope you have been blessed by today's message. To connect with us further, visit theroad.org. If you are walking through a difficult time, we want to pray for you. Go to theroad.org click on the Ministries tab and go to our prayer page to send us your prayer request. Thanks again for tuning in today and be sure to listen to the next edition of The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt.